0: maybe some of the things that we're talking about in this podcast are maybe not real
1: that's today's guest vocal music educator dina Els, talking about how some of the pressures we feel as music educators might not actually be there at least not to the degree we think they are welcome to music ed insights i'm alan fire here with Steve Shan. Each
2: episode, Alan and I talk with national thought leaders in music education with practical insights for K-12 music educators. Steve, tell us about our guest. Dina Els is a highly sought-after vocal specialist, choral clinician, motivational speaker, and adjudicator throughout the United States. She's a published author and columnist as well as a highly regarded voice teacher headed into her 39th year of teaching privately. Dina has 17 years of high school teaching experience and 10 years at the collegiate level, and she empowers singers to perform with impact and live life to the fullest. Find Dina's full bio, show notes, and resources at www.musicadinsights.com. What
1: did you think about this one, Steve?
2: Well, I didn't intend for this to have a marching band angle, but it really lent itself to one, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, Full disclosure, I was nervous about doing something that felt so vocal specific, and yet... As we talked, just like all of our other guests, Dina has thoughts for disciplines to grapple with, all disciplines. Her advocacy advice can work in a lot of situations. I was surprised with the direction this went. You? Well, it was interesting as I
2: edited this episode, I figured we'd spend a high percentage on the negatives of competitive show choir. And even when we started down that road, we kept coming back to the positives. I think Dina helps us remember that show choir or marching band can do many great things for our programs, whether or not we're out there competing. And full disclosure from me, I'm an active show choir arranger. My son is fortunate to be having a great experience in a wonderful high school show choir program, and I am not looking to get more arranging business.
1: I believe you. Now that we've got all that full disclosure out of the way, let's get to this episode. Dina Els, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. Excited to be here. Let's start
2: with your own first experiences with show choir. What do you remember about your early days and how was that different than some of what we might see in show choir today?
0: I graduated high school in 81. Show choir back when I was in high school was about exploring the genre of musical theater, exploring pop music. Dancing wise, it was called swing choir back then, not show choir. And we did lots of box steps, lots of grapevines, <laughs> um, lots of jazz hands. We, we um,
1: swayed. Uh, when, I, when I was in swing we, choir yes, back absolutely. in the mid 80s, we swayed a lot.
0: We swayed a lot too with a snap on the offbeat. Um, <laughs> but, but it was definitely not show choir. And what I remember most about the swing choir experience was we had a fall show. We had a holiday show and we had a spring show. We would prepare probably five or six different sets of music in the year. Show choir was more community based. We did a lot of performances out in the community at rotary clubs and Kiwanis clubs and nursing homes. We did compete. I so vaguely remember.
2: I was just going to ask that if they had competitions back then. They
0: they did. I remember in high school that we competed at the Urbandale show choir competition. It was definitely competition was not is not a memory that I have. Even, you know, fast forward into the late 90s. It was still a much more community-based adventure than it was about competition. I remember people asking me at that time what I did for a living, and I would say that I was a teacher, and what subject do you teach? And I would say, teenagers, and they would say, no, 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 what what subject do you teach? No, I I teach teenagers how to be good human beings through music. And... That's always how I've approached show choir is what can that genre do to teach kids how to be better people, how to work better with others, and how to pull from themselves what will bring out the best in every aspect of their life i think i just got kind of off track with your initial question
2: no actually that leads perfectly into what i wanted to ask you next which is what are some good things about show choir you said you use that as a vehicle to help teach them to be better humans how does show choir do a better or more effective job of that than singing in a concert choir
0: That's a really good question. Show choir does a great job building a program if it's done right. Great program builder, great performance outlet for the kids. You know, it gives singers the experience to sing different genres. You know, not often would we break into a musical theater medley in concert choir My favorite thing about show choir, whenever anybody would say, why are you still doing this? It teaches kids how to work with others in a way that concert choir or magical choir or ACAP doesn't necessarily do. Because it's a more open, free run rehearsal. There's dancing involved. There's staging involved. There's moving and working around other people. I would get letter after letter after a singer would graduate from my programs. And they always had to do with show choir and they always had to do with learning tolerance, learning how to work with people that weren't like them. You're putting kids in a situation where They have to live up to their potential in order to be good teammates to their peers. And you're teaching them to step out of their own comfort zone and reach a potential beyond what they even know that they're capable of. So there's a whole mix of stuff in the show choir genre that I think is super beneficial.
2: Yeah, and I was thinking about um, what you said in terms of the repertoire that could get covered, especially in the last few years, as we've had a renewed push on diversity, equity, inclusion, access, the that gives us a complete uh, additional ensemble where if we are trying our best to not program all music from dead European white guys. Uh, The show choir is a, is a great, a great venue to do
1: that as well. So something else that occurred to me as you were talking about um, the value of show choir, it's tough to succeed. If you don't both have the confidence necessary to like live up to your potential, et cetera, and get out of your comfort zone, but also the humility to like balance, blend, and mesh with others. Like that blend of confidence and humility is absolutely required.
2: So, we've talked about some great parts of show choir. What, in your experience, either as a teacher or adjudicator, clinician, consultant uh, over the years, what are some downsides of it?
0: Well, my first thought is, dear heavens, it's gotten expensive. I recently. Posted a few things on Facebook about adjudication. And in that post, uh, one of the young ladies that I mentor thanked me for introducing her to this industry. And she actually used the word industry to (laughs) describe show choir. It really has kind of become an industry. I mean, I have so many amazing colleagues they are now pressured to up the ante with choreography they're feeling pressured to up the ante with arrangements they're feeling pressured to outdo whatever show they did last year in regard to show design they're feeling pressured with costuming so it's expensive you do well at competitions if you've got the budget to um spend on arrangements and choreographers and so the smaller schools that don't maybe host a competition that would fund those spending spending that money can't compete.
2: I was just going to ask you that. In your experience as a judge over the last 10 years, there isn't a way to work smarter and overcome if you don't have that money. We don't see programs that are able to buy stock arrangements or not use the props.
0: Mm, 15 years ago, maybe you would see about half and half.
2: So it's not possible realistically nowadays to show up and sing stock material and expect to do well. And I say this, you know, I'm a, I'm a show choir arranger, not looking for extra work, listeners. But that that has been a fascinating thing to me, and that I think Alan and I would would say that sort of has happened with marching band too. About 15 years ago, you could have a prop free, amplifier free show where you bought stock stuff, and if you went out and you performed it pretty well and you moved pretty well, you could do pretty well. And those days for marching band are pretty well behind us now. If you want to compete, you need a custom show, you need props, and you need amplification.
0: No doubt. Nowadays, in a show choir competition, there are people that do stock arrangements. They don't do very well. The ballot feels like it should be set up for things to be fair in that way, but it ends up not being because the arrangements give schools an edge because they can customize. There's ways you can kind of smooth over what your faults might be, and it just gives you a competitive edge.
2: And certainly... As you know, both in show choir and marching band, the 1990s was was kind of the Wild West in terms of permission to arrange, and everybody just <laughs> used used music illegally. Right. And in the last couple decades, obviously, for various reasons, that's no longer the case. I think it's a good thing, because I, I don't think that music should have been used illegally. But the unfortunate part of this is that part of it has priced a whole lot of people out. Uh, uh, directors who might want to have a custom show and maybe are working with an agreeable arranger but it's like yeah sorry that piece from wicked that one piece is going to cost you 800 bucks just for permission to use it and that also i think has added to the cost so is there a way are there programs that you have seen that are getting some of the good from show choir getting the diverse repertoire getting to move a little bit being a little active in the community using it as a recruiting tool to get more voices into the program and not encountering maybe so much of that negative?
0: Before we move on to that question, I I also want to point out that one of the things about show choir that isn't going well, the pressure on my colleagues. That pressure is coming from parents. That pressure is coming sometimes from administration. I feel so bad for my colleagues, especially the ones that have families that their time is just gobbled up with show choir. They get paid very little money. You take all of those hours and then you add the pressure. I mean, how could you not get burnout? The reason they still do it is because they, all the things I said earlier, it's a genre that has so many benefits, benefits for the students. But holy, wow, the burnout and the expense and the pressure, that's a lot for my colleagues. I worry about them. And
2: that's a shame because we might be heading towards a situation where show choir, marching band, those activities, which do all these great things for kids, become a thing that really only young energetic directors are able to do and then we end up not necessarily having that as an opportunity for some other students or for someone older like me who likes show choir and likes marching band but just can't quite do it at that full out tempo. So for some people like that or for people maybe who are a little bit younger but don't have the financial resources or just don't want to play into the competitive side of things as much have you seen situations anywhere recently where we're still getting some of the upsides of show choir but maybe not quite so many of those downsides teacher burnout huge expenditures of money and so on
0: I have seen a lot of really positive experiences that are show choir centered, that aren't competition centered, but there's still the burnout and the money and there's, there's still all of that at play, but not to the greatest extent. There are a lot of schools that it's more about learning musical theater and as a genre and learning pop, rock, soul as a genre and learning different styles of dance and learning what it takes to be a stage presence performer and aiming all of that toward a fall show and a holiday show and a spring show. So, of course, none of my colleagues would ever want this genre to go away. But if we were in an alternate universe and we could just get rid of competition and have it be about putting together shows together and community-based things. And I mean, come on, let's let's go back to the nursing homes. Let's go... To Kiwanis, let's go to the Rotary Club. Let's go. I I don't know. Just thinking outside of the box and making it less about the dang ballot and the numbers and the money and the industry of it, and get back to not get back to. That's that's not a. Fair phrase well i like-
2: 'll jump in there because I think some people could say, Oh, this is another get off my lawn sort of thing, and I would push back on anyone who would say that these are old people talking and wishing it was like it was when they were younger. I would say they 're correct if what we spent most of our time talking about was Oh, the music they 're picking these days or the dancing they 're picking these days, and really we haven 't talked about any of that stuff what we 're talking about is. Well, it was sure nice 30, 40 years ago when the show choir's main thing was community outreach, singing in nursing homes. Who's gonna disagree with that? That's not a mentality of someone who wishes the way things were when they were younger in terms of the the show design or literature. Like we could keep all of those same ways that maybe things have evolved in terms of show design if we wanted to, but still remember that this was a great way, in addition to getting kids into the program, a great way for us to build community and, and lift others up with our music.
0: So amen. Preach.
1: What if we had a contest where there was like an upper limit of uh, budget?
0: Ooh, y- you yeah, can come to
1: this yeah. contest if you spend less than a thousand dollars on music and choreography. Yeah. What if a what if a stipulation was, hey, if you come to this event, you can't have a costume change?
0: You know, we at at like Show Choir Camps of America, there are show choir roundtable conversations. And all of these cool ideas come up, none of them are ever acted on. Everyone would love to do that. Nobody wants to be the first one to do it.
2: So, one thing I have been talking to band directors about as a marching band judge, I've been judging contests now for a while. And as I've seen this shift the last few years, Where if you aren't able to spend money on a custom show and props and so on, it's impossible to do well at contests. And so what I have been telling the directors who are frustrated with this is either go to the contests, do your thing. And be completely okay with the fact that the placements are probably not going to work out in your favor or feel no guilt about not participating in those things anymore because you're basically showing up to a track and field tournament and playing tennis. And so I'm kind of trying to give them the freedom to not feel bad about this, that the system is changed, the game has changed. And to that, I say, great. If there are places that want to spend the money on those programs and have those experiences for their students and they're willing to put in that time, I'm all in favor of that. Where I feel bad is the band director or show choir director who feels this pressure. And, and I think you're right. I think it is sometimes from the parents in the administration. I think a lot of times we as music teachers put the pressure on ourselves. No doubt. So I like to give them the freedom to say, you're playing a, a rigged game and you're not going to be able to do it. So don't feel bad or take the kids on the trip. The bus ride's fun. The stay in the hotel is fun. Do it. And just kind of warn them like, we're going to be up against some schools who are doing this and that's okay. We're going to still have a good time. Do you think that same advice I've been... Sharing with the frustrated band directors, could that apply to choir directors in this
0: case? Absolutely. I want to go back to something you just said, too. Yes, the show choir and band directors, marching band directors, are putting that pressure on themselves. Do you know where else the pressure is coming from that we haven't talked about is the kids? The kids themselves going, okay, such and such a school is doing this, that, and the other. Why aren't we doing this, that, and the other? We want to do this, that, and the other for me the answer to that would be find out what the kids really what the experience is that they really want you know i teach privately and i ask my private singers all the time you know what what is it that you love about show choir would you still do show choir if there wasn't competition hands down they all say yes they love to compete but they would do it without show choir Competitions. That's not why they do it. Maybe some of the things that we're talking about in this podcast are maybe not real. Maybe they're assumed pressures and assumed expectations that if we stripped things down and had some really honest conversations, maybe they're not there. Maybe the students don't really care if they compete. Maybe the directors would rather not compete. Maybe the parents would rather that their energy be spent on doing three or four shows and being more community. I don't know.
1: And might you also have more students participate if that were the case? If it were less time intensive, wouldn't you have more students say, oh, now that we're not going out eight times during the year but only three times during the year now i can fit that in
0: i see where you're coming from with the competition weekends and time intensive when you first said that i was like well it would still be the same amount of rehearsal time and commitment that way yeah i don't know that's an interesting question to pose that i'm not sure i know the answer to (laughs) (laughs) join the club okay
2: well, Dina Els, thank you for joining us today to talk about some of these important subjects. And, and like I told you when I reached out to you, I think if even one person listens to this and thinks, okay, I don't feel quite so bad about not wanting to put this much emphasis or money uh, into this part of my program, or I maybe want this part of my program to look another way, then I think our job here was done. Uh, Can we ask you some lightning round questions on lighter topics, Dina?
0: You betcha.
2: What is the best restaurant in or near Des Moines, Iowa?
0: I am a South Cider, born and bred. I'd have to say Scornavaco's Pizza.
2: Favorite book that you read to your two children when they were little?
0: Is Your Mama a Llama? Mostly because I really liked how it felt in my mouth when I read it.
1: That's great. (laughs) No,
0: they loved it. They loved it.
2: Is there a composer or musical artist you wish more people knew about?
0: I love the music of Cody Fry. I recently did an exercise class full of people my age and <laughs> they were playing the beatles and aruba jamaica and the the teacher walked up to me and is i just bet you're a huge fan of the beatles and i said my playlist is more jacob collier cody fry and the guy just looked at me like who are those people so yes cody fry <laughs>
2: Give us a book recommendation that doesn't have anything to do with music.
0: My favorite book right now is Release by Peggy Fitzsimmons.
2: And finally, if you were not a musician or teacher, try your best to imagine, what career do you think you would have had?
0: Well, I'm bossy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But I'm not. Um, (laughs) Honestly... I used to line my stuffed animals up when I was little and make worksheets for them. So I think teacher picked me, but if I didn't teach music, I would teach art. I could be, I could be a therapist, (laughs) counselor. You already are. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Very good.
2: Well, Dina Els, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it was great to see you again.
0: Good to see you, Alan.
2: You've been listening to Music Ed Insights. Please support this podcast by subscribing, rating,
1: and reviewing it. We want to make this as thoughtful and practical as possible. Please send us your ideas for guests and suggestions for improvement. You can do that through our website, www.musicedinsights.com.
2: You can also reach us on our Facebook page, Music Ed Insights, or via
1: Twitter, at Music Ed Insights. Our website is also the place to find program notes, links, and a one-page download of this episode's key takeaways. That's www www.musicedinsights.com
2: This podcast is sponsored and supported by Normal Design, Winterset Websites, Group Dynamic, and the Co College Music Education Program. Learn more about them at our website. And let us know if your business or organization would like to join that list. New episodes drop every two weeks on Monday mornings. Get current. Stay relevant. Music Ed Insights.